Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome into BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Thanks for hanging out with me, Brian Masroski, back today. Uh, enjoyed a little time off yesterday, but back with you uh, today. And what a day to be back. I need a little parenting help here. I am just incapable sometimes of holding it together when it comes to parenting. I you know, your kids every once in a while they get into these little phases. They're, you know, just trying stuff out. Trying to get a reaction out of you, right? My son is newest thing just the past couple of days. He's always been really good at the dinner table, but he, he just gotten into he does the Spitting raspberries. I can't really do a raspberry. He does it better than me. But, you know, food in his mouth, food not in his mouth. You just kind of just... <laughs> we'll do one of those things. Spit, you know, food everywhere. And I don't know how to, you know, really convey how to stop doing that. So I tried to yesterday, you know, at, at eye level. We're sitting next to each other at the table. And he's doing that over and over. And I go to him, I say, you know, hey, you can't do that. You don't do, you chew and swallow your food. You eat your food. You made your food. It's good food. You like it. We eat your food. We don't spit at the dinner table. That's not nice. <laughs> And, you know, I'm just looking at each other's eyes. And I say that, you know, it's not nice. Just don't spit at the dinner table. And he's just looking back at me and he's listening. He looks right in my eyes. And he just goes. <laughs> right in my face. And... At that point, I'm trying to keep a straight. I, it was funny. You can't help but laugh. It was great timing on his part. And so I tried to keep it, but I couldn't do it. I could not keep a straight face. It was too funny. And so then he sees me laughing, and then it just all over again. I mean, it was lost at that point. But I couldn't do it. I don't. How do you keep a straight face in that situation? How do you stop? I don't. I, I don't know. I don't know how to do it. It's like the hardest 
part of parenting. That was my big. Uh, that was my big problem. There are bigger problems in the world, but that you know, around my dinner table, that was the big problem of the uh, night. Must be nice. Must be nice, as it is uh, to live here and uh, have those problems instead of what they're dealing with around the world, which. I do want to talk to you about today. I want to kind of gauge the temperature. I think it's a really interesting question that nobody ever really thinks about a lot. Uh, You'll see the news coverage all over, and I'm sure for the next week, over and over and over again about Russian invasion in Ukraine. And I think it is an interesting question to kind of see where people are. I mean, it's a question that, you know, might have been asked with the Afghanistan situation before. It's a question that it's basically our web poll question over at WBEN.com today. Of what do you do? What do you want the U.S. reaction here to be. You know, if you say you support Ukraine, what does that look like? What does that look like to you? Is that a sanction from the U.S.? Is that armed forces on the ground? Is it another type of military response? Or are you just changing your profile picture to blue and yellow today? And, yeah, I support Ukraine. You don't think much of it. But what should the U.S. reaction be as Russia basically declares war without using those exact terms on Ukraine, attacks the country? We saw it coming for months, aligning troops along the border. What should the reaction be? We've heard, you know, uh, the sanctions and uh, that's going to happen. It doesn't really seem to have that much impact, right? Because even though sanctions against Russia have been threatened for months, Putin and Russia still kind of go along with what they were planning on doing throughout. And if the answer is not military involvement, When is the answer, direct military involvement? Where do you draw the line? You know, I think it's pretty easy for people to say right now, all right, Russia involving, uh, invading Ukraine, you know, why, why doesn't Europe kind of deal with their own business? It should not be the U.S.'s business right now. But would you make the same argument if this were Poland or Germany or France or another country? As we heard, uh, you know, Brad Garrett. You know, what does it change depending on the location? 803-0930, if you care to join me here this morning, 803-0930, give me a call. Send a text on our Volkswagen Fortune Park text board. To where is the line? I I think it's 
you know, easy right now to say, let Europe deal with what's happening in Europe right now. Why should the U.S. get involved? We just pulled our troops out of Afghanistan to, you know, great embarrassment. I don't think anyone is rushing to get into some other military involvement. But where is the line in your mind? 803-0930, if you care to join us, let's start by going to James. James, you're on WBEM. What's going on? Uh, hi. Um, thanks for uh, taking the call. I just, um, I'm, I'm with, the, um, with the idea that the United States, whenever they don't stand up, the record in the 20th century is that things go very badly. Um, I believe the time that we're living in right now with uh, Putin and his kleptocracy is very similar to uh, the situation in September of 1938 when, you know, Chamberlain, with his appeasement, uh, these sanctions are, you know, it's, it's a very tepid response to, you know, this very forceful action by uh, Vladimir Putin. Um, when you uh, read about, you know, the kind of reflecting back on September of 1938, which is the uh, Munich Agreement with um, uh, with Great Britain that uh, Nazi Germany would take um, just only the Sudetenland uh, part of Czechoslovakia. What uh, what ended up happening was um, at the end of the war, the uh, some of his generals were questioned and said, "What what about uh, this? You know, this time before the war started? You know, what was his thinking then?" And um, he goes, "Well, we told him that uh, we would lose." Um, he wasn't bluffing. We would have went to war if, if the Western powers would have stood up, but there was considerable um, action ready to go in, in Nazi Germany to take Hitler out at that moment. The problem was Chamberlain handed him this great victory, and, you know, <laughs> uh, history is what it is, and I think we're kind of at the same juncture right now with Putin. Hey, James, uh, appreciate the call. And I, I think that's one way to look at it, right? There is the looking back at history, right? Uh, the, the failed efforts of appeasement leading up to the Second World War. And it would be, you know, very easy to kind of draw a similar line. You know, okay, well, it's okay here. It's okay there. And, and then eventually it, it drips and drips and drips before it all kind of explodes, but if it is time to stand up, I mean, what does that look like? Is it a full-scale moving of the military into Ukraine? In, you know, on the Ukraine-Russia border? And then, I, you know, something I mentioned with Brad Garrett, there is kind of the other way of thinking where... And I love the text that came in, by the way. You know, how if you support Ukraine, what does that look like? How do you want it to look like from a U.S. standpoint? And someone said, oh, just, you know, use the hashtag, we're disappointed with Russia, and that'll show them. And that seems to be where everyone's involvement is. People are so kind of uh, used to the online arguing that, you know, we think, hey, if I just tweet about this, if I, I put that blue and yellow tint on my profile picture... And that, that'll do it. You know, now I'm, I can feel good about going um, with the rest of my day. And, I, you know, I showed them. And, you know, this is how we win and lose. 
if enough of us tweet with the same hashtag, we'll just cancel Russia and none of this will be a problem anymore. Except that's not how it works in this scenario. Uh, but how does it work? And I, I do think there is a uh, – you see the finger pointing. And I do love Brad Garrett reminding everybody, listen, it doesn't matter what any pundit says about the current situation. But there are people who are not speaking out as strongly against Putin. And I do think that is a group that's more concerned with China at the end of the day. What their goal is, they don't want to push Putin more toward China. I would be of the belief that that's almost like a lost cause right now. That those two countries are aligned in a way that's not really going to change that much on the current situation. It's not like all of a sudden we're going to have this massive change of heart and you're going to be best buddies with Russia. But I do think that is the concern, and it is a reasonable concern. It's looking at a a big picture of this conflict, of saying, listen, yeah, what Russia is doing currently is wrong, but I'm more concerned about this bigger global power uh, struggle between the U.S. and its allies and China. And if you have Russia and China now together, that tips the scales in one direction. It gives uh, less of a reason for China to work with the West. I think that's a reasonable concern. And, you know, people shouldn't be, you know, cracked over the head online for having some of those concerns. But... What does it look like for you? What does involvement look like? What does supporting Ukraine look like to you? What is the adequate response? And where is the line? Look at a Mike. Mike, you're on WBEN. What do you think? Hey, good morning. So uh, having uh, spent some time in Eastern Europe and uh, as a professor of history, and I've taught about this extensively for decades, we're, we're now looking at a new alignment in in the world order and for people who might think that the ukraine uh, does not impact um, their particular lives directly they're going to be a little mistaken so immediately there are going to be economic ramifications for us relative to things such as um, uh, energy that's going to become a, a critical issue it's going to be very disruptive to the markets but for the United States, we have extensive commitments now all around the, the parameter. And if you look in the region, and uh, we, were, we were talking last week relative to places like Poland. I spent some time there teaching, trying to bring them into our sphere. We dedicated enormous energies in trying to draw Eastern Europe into a Western sphere of, of influence. We now have commitments all around uh, Poland. Uh, the, the Czech Republic, Hungary, Romania, Germany. And what that means now is that basically this, the Ukraine was a bit of a front-line defense for us. Now we basically have to draw a line in the sand. 
And that means that going forward, and this is probably going to ensconce decades, we're going to have to redouble our military investment in that particular region. That means uh, rotating in and out additional U.S. battalions. And now we have to bulk up our NATO, our NATO flank. So this is going to be a continuous chess game. And now the Ukraine is that red line in the sand because anything that continues moving west is now going to encroach on American military alliances, and that requires our military commitment. Now, you were also talking about something relative to China, and uh, you had a previous caller uh, who alluded to this. You know, 1939, Russia and Germany combined uh, together attacked Poland, which basically initiated World War II. And then Russia, right on the heels of that, turned and attacked Finland. Russia has a marriage of convenience with China. China is basically looking to Russia for energy commitments, but it's a bit of a marriage of convenience. And at some point, Russia is going to put the squeeze, uh, rather China will put the squeeze on Russia. And an interesting historical fact, right after Russia and Germany attacked Poland in 39, within two years, Hitler turned on Russia. So the, the Russians need to worry about their eastern flank. I suspect that this incursion will probably penetrate going towards Kiev, but I think ultimately the Russians are going to try to hold on to the eastern sections of that country. And what he's done is taken the western half of Ukraine and solidly committed them to the west. I think he wants to show how vulnerable western Ukraine is. I think this incursion will pull back to the eastern regions, and we're going to go back to a new, a new stalemate, a new world order, in which the U.S. is simply going to have to redouble its efforts in the region and remain ever so vigilant. Hey, Mike, thanks for the call. Uh, where do you draw the line? If if we go over to our web poll, and this is to the surprise of nobody, nobody is in favor of war. Nobody wants military involvement, especially after what we just saw less than a year ago in Afghanistan. But where is that line for you? I think it's easy to say right now that this is none of our business. When does it become the business of the U.S.? 803-0930, if you want to join us today, you're listening to BMAS and Beamer on WBEN. Welcome back in. BMAS and Beamer here on WBEN. Uh, we're talking about, of course, the big story of the day, war in Europe. Russia invading Ukraine. And what does that mean for everybody else. What do you want to see as the response from the U.S.? We've been asking you uh, this question throughout the morning over at WBEN.com. Basically, what should the U.S. involvement be in the Russia and Ukraine conflict? Right now on our Relax Honda Buffalo web poll, most of you say no role at all, 42%. 27% say a minor role. 31% say a major role. Does that change for you this morning? And what does that look like? If you support Ukraine, if you want to hit back against Russia for going to war, for their display of aggression that has happened in the last day here, what does it look like? 
Are you looking for a military response? Right now, it's sanctions. Is that enough? Or are you just changing your profile picture to blue and yellow and calling it a day? I suspect that third option is actually most of America. Hey, I'm going to tweet a hashtag. I'll put a little banner on my uh, Facebook page. And, yeah, that's good enough for me. It's my activism. But... In all seriousness, and you can weigh in, 803-0930 here on WBEN, 803-0930. Give me a call. Send a text to the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. What does supporting Ukraine, what does hitting back against Russia look like right now? Is it a military response, whether that's forces on the ground or some other type of military action. Because that's where most people say, ah, it gets a little uncomfortable, right? Nobody wants to see a full-scale war. But if it's not here, where does it draw the, where do you draw the line? You know, where, where is it? If your reaction this morning is, well, this is a problem for Europe, this is a problem for them to deal with. This is uh, not a U.S. problem. We, we don't have any reason to go here. Are you making the same argument if it was Poland, if it was France, if it was Germany? What does the response look like then? Is there a line that can't be crossed? I guess the question is, that we're asking here is, is war inevitable? I think it's a tough one to ponder because nobody wants war. Nobody wants involvement. But what if it happens? 803-0930 to join me here. We'll go uh, to the phones now. Ryan is on WBEN. Ryan, what's on your mind? Where is the the line you draw for where the U.S. should get involved militarily? So, Brian, here's one of the main differences, I think. When we have complete energy independence, we don't have to rely on Russia. So we're funding this. So everybody says, you know, we have pretty heavy reliance on foreign oil, including Russia. So when we're funding these excursions by buying hundreds of thousands in that's not an exaggeration of gallons of, or barrels of oil from Russia. We're funding this. So immediately, Joe Biden has to set down his pudding, get to work, and immediately open up the Keystone Pipeline and make the American people Amer- energy independent once again. Then that's a sanction that will actually hurt. That's an economic impact that we're funding right now on the Russian side. I, I mean, to counter that point, Ryan, though, I mean, it doesn't. If we weren't taking, and it is overstated, I think, in the news, how much oil we get from Russia. It is not that much. I mean, the bulk of it comes from right here. Most of anything that's imported comes from Canada. And then Russia's way down the list of where we get oil from, where we get this energy from. If we were to be 100% independent of Russia, then you wouldn't have that to take away, right? I mean, if you, if you are not taking any oil from Russia and you come out and say, well, we're not going to 
we're not going to take your oil anymore. I mean, you, you, Russia would just go, well, you weren't to begin with. So w- what's the difference there? I, I mean, just to push back, right? No, because we're talking about 15 to 20 percent is the latest estimate that we're getting from Russia. Why? Go on. I, I'm, I'm just trying to, to get to the bottom of here. So if the president comes out today and says, all right, we're not taking any uh, we're not taking any oil from Russia anymore. So it wouldn't just be him. You want to have sanctions so all the NATO partners could get together and say we're done using any reliance on foreign oil that's generated from Russia. We'll use it from all of our NATO partners. So if you say you're right, it's such a small it's such a small portion. Let's say it's the latest estimates were somewhere between 50 and 15 and 20 percent. And then Biden's going back and looking for OPEC to try to produce more oil or drop our price. So at home, we're going to end up with higher prices. Because obviously they're not going to be in the middle of a military excursion and drop the prices for the American people that are part of NATO. So if Joe Biden takes that off the table, all of the NATO partners then say, you know what, we're also not going to participate in funding a Russian incursion. We will go to our NATO partners and get all of our stuff. You're right. Mexico, Canada, their providers, Guatemala, they're providers of our oil. But why are we funding it's the same thing. I look at it basically like if you think that they're a terrorist organization and they're a tyrannical government, why are you funding them? It's the same as funding any sort of al-Qaeda or ISIS. You're funding them, and then you're mad when they have the resources to go do things against your allies and against your partners. So stop funding it. Little sanctions and just throwing a fit aren't going to work if it doesn't have a drastic economic impact, especially because I believe that California GDP is the same as Russia. So you can definitely make a play in Russia with an economic sanction, but it has to be not symbolic. It has to be meaningful. Do you think that ends the possibility of military conflict? What would What is your line for getting involved militarily? I don't want any American troops or any American casualties involved in something that could have been avoided with a strong president. That's not what I'm interested in. So if you want to provide them like Trump did with javelin missiles or things to help them defend themselves, okay. But I'm not okay with throwing American forces into something because Putin sensed weakness. Everybody got on Trump and said, oh, well, Trump said Putin was a genius. And it's like, yes, he was trying to also butter him up, which a businessman does. But at the same time, Putin was scared of Trump's crazy. And I think that was the ultimate together They didn't want to poke the bear between each other. When you have Joe Biden that comes out in green lights, an invasion or an incursion, saying, well, it just depends on what they do. That's not going to be strength. That's weakness. And Putin is going to push the line, knowing that the world does not want to be involved in another world war. So he's going to keep going until somebody decides to do something. And I'm not talking about militarily. You can do this from an economic standpoint where no American soldiers no American casualties have to happen. Ryan, thanks for the call. And that's the hope, right? I mean, that's the hope. And that's, I'm sure, what we'll hear from the president at some point today. These sanctions, I, I mean, will they be a slap on the wrist sanction? I would doubt that the way that all of our allies are talking. I, 
I do think there is a right there to the last caller's point. You know, yes, you want to hit them where it hurts in the wallet. But you also see what I'm saying here is you you can't say we're not going to buy any of your oil if you were already not buying any of their oil. So, I mean, there is like a little bit of a uh, <laughs> a give and take here where, listen, I the sanction only works if you were doing it in the first place. So you can't argue that we should have, that we sh- this is the sanction that's going to end any conflict at the same time say, well, we shouldn't be uh, doing it in the first place. So there is that aspect to it but where do you draw the line i i think that's the question that's going to be asked of us as americans over the next few weeks months i mean we'll see what happens here 803-0930, if you want to weigh in on our text board, uh, you know, another person chiming in, oil currency, if other countries can buy it from us versus Russia, that cuts Russia's funding and helps everything over here in the U.S. And, yeah, I mean, that's – I would expect to see a lot of these sanctions. I am not going to sit here and act like I'm uh, some genius at foreign policy and European conflict – to say for sure that that's going to do anything to make Putin act any differently. And to the last caller's point of previous President Trump, you know, being accused of buttering up Putin, I do think that that is really a result of a fear of China, basically. Or not, maybe fear is a bad word, but it's just a greater concern with China over Russia. And, you know, that's where you'll see the, I mean, conflict online, which looks silly this morning. Hopefully people are realizing that. But that's where you get all this conflict online. Oh, you, you know, oh, you're saying all these nice things about Russia. How could you? I, I think behind anyone buttering up Putin or anyone trying to work with Russia, is that idea that there is a bigger concern out there, at least in in some people's minds, of China. And you don't want to push another world power to be more aligned with the Chinese government. And so that's why you would have seen, you know, people being a, a little nicer to Putin and Russia than maybe you would have liked. But I don't know, where is that line that you draw? Where, you know, it's the very popular opinion right now to say, this is not our problem, this is not our issue. To send troops to use military involvement in. But when does it become our issue. When does it become a problem? 803 
We'll go to line two. You're on WBEN. Where is your line? Cellular. Uh, Cell, where where do you draw the line? When should the military get involved? Uh, I don't think they should get involved. Uh, by releasing or by closing our pipelines, we're buying a little bit of oil from Russia, 10%, 15%, 20%. It doesn't really matter. But we were exporting oil to Germany and some other nations as well. So now they're getting that from Russia. So we helped Russia selling a lot of oil by not selling oil to other nations because we shut our pipelines. So I have to agree with your last caller, which, you know, he was kind of right in the way he took it. And that oil is helping them for military expenses. So that's what we got to do. We got to go back to where we were. I mean, the way our policies are right now, it's not good. Hey, appreciate the call. Let's go up to uh, Bud. Bud, where's your line? What What if this were to be Poland? Um, with Poland uh, being part of NATO, um, that changes the, the whole equation. I believe it's called Article 5, um, where the uh, other NATO nations come to the aid of a stricken nation um, that, that belongs to the, uh, to the group. But the thing that, that really scares me, and I, and I uh, told Tony this, is that up to this point I've really not heard. Now you've got uh, Russia with this incursion. Um, you've got China. You've got North Korea uh, to the west of us. Um, all of these heavyweights, the nuclear option, um, has not really been mentioned, um, except last night, uh, Putin in a statement said that if there were any, um, for, uh, provocation from countries, uh, getting involved, uh, with their action, that the world would see something that it's never seen before. And to me right now, that's, that's the slippery slope. That's the snail crawling across the top of the straight, uh, razor's edge that everyone is walking right now well that's the idea of uh you know nuclear deterrent being used against you um it's the same idea being used the other way i i mean the idea in principle is supposed to stop what happened in the last 12 hours now putin's flipping it on its head and using that deterrent the nuclear deterrent to stop people from for coming to Ukraine's aid. I don't know. I think it's an interesting question to ask yourself. Is Nobody wants war. Nobody wants to be involved. But when does that change? I'll be back with you tomorrow uh, early in the morning and throughout here. Uh, B-Mans and Beamer, uh, just me. Joe's still enjoying some time off. And uh, we have some more tickets to give away tomorrow, too, here on WBEN. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.